On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we're here, Studio A. It's been a minute. We'll be back, though. Masters is right around the corner. And we're going to be talking about the Masters dinner. Um, Scotty Scheffler with the phenomenal choice of, of food. His Chili's menu. <laughs> it's such <laughs> the, a joke. The Chili's two for 20 menu. Uh, we're also going to be talking about <laughs> the Valero Texas Open coming up this weekend. Recapping what is right now the last match play in PGA Tour history. I don't think it's going to actually end up that way. And we're going to go with a what's in the bag from both of us. We got a, we got a comment from a from Nick, our boy Nick Scott on Twitter. So he asked us to do what's in the bag, and we're going to do that. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at Pins and Aces. We're doing a Masters Watch Party Saturday, April 8th, 11 a.m. here at the DNVR Bar. It's going to be popping off. It's going to be a real hole-in-one time. <laughs> Um, at the DNVR bar, we're going to have the masters on. We're going to be here, hearing Jim Nance's voice all around the speakers. Pins and Aces will be here. They're bringing some of their masters gear. They had some sick stuff last year. They got even better stuff this year. Uh, they just released a full Easter collection. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and you can get 15% off any of that if you use our code BDE over at pinsandaces.com. That's code BDE. Saves you 15%. They're a Colorado company. They make the best... Polos in the game, along with the beer sleeves, liquor sticks, and everything else you could want as a golfer. They even got joggers now, which... Not for me, but... Not for you, but for me, and I, for no, guys on tour. They're, even. like, as popular as it comes right now in the, the games. So. Yeah, I never thought 10 years ago you'd see joggers on the PGA Tour, and uh, they're, they're changing the game. Here we are. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Start this episode off with a what's in the bag. Shout out to Nick Scott for the question. We're just going to go through what we play. Um, of course, we both rock in all the pins and aces, bags and head covers. Um, but as far as the clubs, Right now, I'm rocking the new Cobra Aerojet driver. Shout out to Cobra Golf. They sent us both the new Aerojet. I've hit it once uh, this past week, and I was absolutely bombing and excited to try it out in South Carolina this week and see uh, how well I'm hitting it. Got to do some adjustments on it, but I am bombing the Aerojet driver. And then going down from there, I've got a Wilson D7 5-wood that I absolutely mash. Mitchell can attest to this. I don't hit it very often. I maybe hit it like once every three rounds. Um, but when we were at Cherry Creek Country Club last year, I was 297 out and hit it to like eight feet. Um, so I will always have that image of that club in my mind. Yeah, um, that is the only time I ever remember you hitting that club, which is probably good. Because you do, weirdly enough, hit fairway woods like when you hit it well, it's like PGA tour level. Well, I'm like, why don't you do this more often? But that's why you're here. Yeah. That's why I'm doing this podcast. 
Uh, and then uh, I my hybrid from there, I got a three Adams three idea three hybrid that I've had since high school. Um, it's got the graphic design shaft, so it's a it's a really nice shaft. And graphite design, I, like one of those high end like. I, it yeah, was that, I said graphite design. Oh, I thought you said graphic. No, graphite. Graphite oh, okay. design. Yeah, super high end shaft, um, but it is a club that I will never take out of my bag until I can't. I can no longer swing an extra stiff probably is, is the case for that. Um, and then irons, I've got the Cobra MIM tour irons, the copper ones. They're sick as fuck. I love them um, with the KBS graphite shafts, but they're like the silver, super shiny silver. They don't look great with my copper irons, but overall a, a good looking club. And I rock those from four through pitching wedge. Uh, and then my wedges, I've got 52, 56, and 60 of the Cobra snake bites, uh, full face in the 60. Uh, it's a little weird to look at to start, but now I've gotten used to it. And so my, my toe chips get the same amount of spin as my regular chips. And, uh, and then moving down to the putter right now, it's I, just a weekly I, thing. yeah, this, this week, my putter is the spider X. Uh, I really like the way it just sits flat on the ground. Um, but I do switch my putters so often that I actually almost had, I had to look in my book and was for the week is the spider X. And then right now I'm playing mostly playing the pro V one ball. Um, mostly because I just have a shitload of them, but I do like, uh, I think the look of a ball is like a huge thing. And I, I don't know why it's, it's kind of a mental thing, but just looking at the clean Titleist logo is like my favorite thing of all time. So I'm playing the pro V one ball right now. And, uh, I don't really wear a glove, you know, like uh, that's one of the quirky things in my game. Uh, I've got the win dry tack grips and it's like the only grip I can comfortably use. Like I would never be able to use a golf pride. I don't think my hands would just get torn up. Um, but you got soft hands, boy. <laughs> but uh, the, the fact of not wearing a glove makes it so much easier to just not like lose it. I've lost so many gloves and, so many like so much other nonsense that i'm like all right i'm just not wearing one it's it's too much work to, for me to take it on put it on take it off put it on all the time you would lose your ass if it wasn't attached to your body you you lose everything so the the fewer things you can lose the better um for me i have not yet hit the aerojet that i've gotten i'm kind of i'm not nervous to hit it i just don't know what i'm going to do with it because i if I'm, I want to play all Cobra, but, uh, we'll, we'll see, see if that comes to fruition. So I still have the, uh, Callaway rogue triple diamond, um, LS in my bag. It's got the Hulk shaft, which is badass. I it's probably a little too much shaft for me. I've heard that a million times in the TikTok comments. Everyone's like, Oh, you hit it 280. Why you have that shaft? I'm like, they just sent it to me. Um, I don't think I swing at 120, swinging about 108. So chill the fuck out. But it is dope. Um, and then actually the three wood, I've got a tailor-made M6, which I'm generally a tailor-made hater. But my buddy E Hall, Eric Hallberg, turned me on to I had the M2 or M3 a while back, and I just loved it. Like it just hits these no spin, just laser beams. Um, I usually use it more off the tee than going into a par five. Uh, but I can hit it. If I want to fade it, I can hit a high enough fade to like get some spin on it. But if I'm trying to hit it straight or draw it, then uh, it's, it's pretty low spin. So I like that. That's got the hazardous uh, yellow and black X shaft in it. 
And then I've got a Callaway Apex Hybrid um, that's got the Adila like Hunter Green shaft in it. And it I strictly ordered that shaft because I uh, used to play back in high school. I played um, – you had a Cobra driver that had that shaft in it. And then I forget what club. I, I think I had a, a high, an Adams Hybrid or something maybe that had that shaft in it. So it was just like a nostalgia thing. I was like, ooh, I want that shaft in it. And actually, it's probably my favorite hybrid I've ever had. Um, it is reminiscent to like the old Adams hybrids that we loved growing up that you still have in your bag, the little peanut looking ones we always called them. So uh, then I've got the peanut Callaway punch. Peanut, what'd you say? Peanut punch. Yeah. Um, so then I've got the Callaway Apex Pro irons. Um, with the Mitsubishi Rayon TX like 115X shafts in there. Um, so they are a little stout for me. I've gotten used to them, but they're pretty freaking stiff. I could probably go with a little softer. I'm used to the Project X. I, I would prefer to go to like the Project X 6.5, um, but that's what I'm playing irons wise right now. Wedges, I've got the Callaway Jaws 50, 54, 58. Um, the 54 is my jam. That's I'm a big sandwich guy. It's I use it pretty much anywhere I can. I'm not a big higher loft lob wedge guy. And then for the putter, I've got the, I forget what version it is, but I've had like three or four different versions of this putter. It's like the Oreo back in the day. It's got the, um, two, it's got the black stripe, the white stripe, and then the black stripe. So it's the old school, like the putter Jim Furyk used to use. Um, they've made like different versions and I've used different versions of that. Uh, so I just kind of have always loved it, always rocked it. And I would consider myself a decent putter. So I've, I've rocked that for a hot minute. Mitchell is a deadly putter. Hey, if you're playing him and he's hitting like a six to eight footer, you're it's you're buried. He's yeah, just he's just dirty with the the short putts. Thinks yeah, he should I, make everything, but definitely dirty with the short putts. I feel pretty confident about my short putting, but like Lou Stagner said, I need to actually track some stats and see what I'm actually doing, so I don't uh, just assume I'm good or not. But yeah, exactly. All right, well, that's a what's in the bag. Shout out to Nick Scott for the comment. If you guys ever want us to uh, comment or put anything in a podcast, just hit us up on Twitter at Big Drive Energy or DM us or do whatever. Get a hold of us. We will uh, answer your questions on the pod. I found out the only way for Scotty Scheffler to lose is for is you to bet on him. For me to bet on him. Isn't that the fucking truth? The well's going to run dry eventually. Watch him just go on the biggest cold streak ever now. And you, Are you just going to keep betting him? I think I have to. I respect that. I think I automatically have to add him to every card from... Well, he's not playing this week, so you can't bet Thank on God. him. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that field this week. It's pretty weak. Uh, pretty pretty pre- sad. Yeah. Sad I mean, field. But also, I think it'll be fun just because guys are trying to get into the Masters. So. Yeah. I mean, well, Ricky Fowler is in that field, and yeah, he doesn't he, have a Masters invite right now. So Correct. He's... Uh, is we'll, we'll talk about our picks later, but... Yeah, is the... The world ranking, you know, if you're in the top 50 of the world ranking, you get into the Masters. Is that already done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they so already it's... pulled. I think it was from the previous year. Or I don't I don't know exactly. I was reading up on some of it. 
I don't know exactly when they pull world rankings, but I think if you were in the top 50 end of last calendar year, I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I thought it was like the end of last tournament because Ricky could have gotten in. With but that's a, that's with a win. Oh, uh, so it yeah, just had to or, be an outright dub. Yeah, I think um, it, he definitely has to win this week in order to get in. But it's going to be an interesting field in general, not a super strong field. Uh, but let's get into the match play a little bit because I thought that was awesome. I mean, Sunday we didn't really get what we thought we were going to get. Uh, every, what everybody was hoping for really was Scotty versus Rory. Like that would have been just a full on. What was it? Uh, what was a big boxing match? I forget. I was trying to think. Like a McGregor, uh, Mayweather, McGregor, <laughs> May- Mayweather, yeah. Tyson. Yeah, I was thinking more Mayweather, Tyson. Good. No, yeah, I was thinking like the old it was like Sonny Liston and uh, was it Tyson? Didn't Tyson? I don't know. But it was just been a heavyweight fight. Like I think it would have been badass. Uh, I would have been rooting for Rory. You would have been rooting for Scotty. If you let's be real, if you wouldn't have bet on him you would have been rooting against him very hard. 100%. That is the only reason you're... Well, you told me, candidly, in a text, you said... Because I was tweeting out a little bit of shit talk about Scotty, and you're like, hey, chill out, he's on the card, which is obvious, yeah, we're betting on him, we can't really shit talk him. But then you said, also, I'm low-key starting to like him. So let's get into that, because I, I want to see where you stand there, or where you just few vodka sodas deep and rooting for your guy. Let's unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a minute. Because I, uh, I don't love that for us. I don't know, dude. I just... I'm try- I think it's, it was fun. it's fun to find reasons to not like him. And, and our interview with Lou, we hope you guys enjoyed that. If you haven't heard it, make sure you go back oh, uh, a week. Yeah, the, last Thursday. The Lou interview was badass. It was yeah. really cool. Like if you're wanting to get better at golf, even I played golf the day after we did that interview and it changed my mindset a fair amount just on some of the stuff that he said and like I hit a couple shots from 120 yards that I'm originally, you know, in my mind I'm like this has got to be within 20 feet or it's dog water. <laughs> and I hit a few where I'm like barely hit the green and I was like, "Oh, you know, percentages percentages yeah. yeah i mean you you definitely want to expect you want to expect to do better than that but you also have to be okay with being real about where your golf game is so lou is very good for that and also the other thing i think the biggest thing about statistics people you know you can stat something to death but you you still have to like perform you know what i mean when and i thought it was kind of funny i really didn't I wasn't going to shit talk Lou, but when he's like, you find that guys perform best from the middle of the fairway. It's like, holy shit, what a revelation that is. Like, yeah, the middle of the fairway is generally going to be pretty good for scoring. But I knew where he was coming from versus like having it in the correct side of the fairway for the pin or whatever. It was just kind of a funny, like, no shit Sherlock kind of moment. I'm like, yeah, I think everybody generally does better from the middle of the fairway. Um but overall, great episode. Uh, yeah, he tried to give us some reasons to like Scotty. Um, he just, like, after, especially after seeing his master's menu, and we haven't touched on that yet. I think those came out a couple weeks ago, what he's serving versus, like, past menus. And it's, like, Bubba Watson-esque, like, some really sad shit. Uh, just not, 
not something that an adult would choose as a meal. Um, but I guess I'm being a little bit judgmental because there's some gutter pallets out there that would really enjoy it. Like, can you just imagine 40 grown men like sitting around eating sliders? Like, <laughs> they have green jackets on, they're fucking dressed to the nines, whatever, and they're eating mini cheeseburgers. Like, that just, it, it doesn't get it for me. It just doesn't doesn't get me there no it, it's you're not getting there. i'm not that, getting there no with, with that menu no but it's do you think they actually wear the green jackets during the dinner that'd be interesting i guess i heard in an interview with adam scott they there's like an unspoken uh assigned seating like everybody kind of knows their place of like where they sit really yeah so like tiger and jack always sit up next to the the current champion head of the table yeah head of the table and then Adam Scott said he slides in with like Marco Mera, I think, or it was one one old school dude. And then uh, was it Charles Schwartzel or no? Schwartzel's not Australian. Who else? Oh God, I totally forget now. But the, he kind of sits like down towards the other end. Um, so I guess yeah, the guys kind of all know they kind of sit in the same place year in year out, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, I bet there's like fun, a fun place at the table and a not so fun place at the table. So I would definitely like gravitate towards the more fun side. Um, but I don't know. I can't imagine Jack. Well, I can't imagine Jack Nicholas. I can't imagine Tiger Woods like picking up a slider. But then again, he did. Tiger did fajitas a couple years. Was that two years ago? Yeah, it was two yeah. years ago. Well, he's probably so tired of just like doing it every year. I was going like, to say, how like, many times do I have to fucking choose? A new yeah, menu? he's switching up the cuisine. Like he he's he knows he's going to get another shot at this. Maybe not anymore, but back in the day, he's like, oh, I'll be back. Like, what am I picking next year? Shit like that. And and I'm sure Scotty probably feels the same way. But uh, I'm just gravely disappointed in his menu. The firecracker shrimp. I know that is like Bang Bang Shrimp. I think that's from like Bonefish Grill, and that is like the worst name ever. Um, but that shit's fire. That's good. Pretty basic, but tasty, like a Thai style shrimp, I want to say. Um, it's got like that spicy, spicy sauce on there. Uh, do you know? So, kind of jumping away from this, I was looking at past like menus and. I don't think Hideki Matsuyama's can be topped. Like, he did custom sushi rolls, uh, nigiri, sashimi, and then he did, like, the A5 Wagyu steak as the entree. Like, that is just so... It's, it's so culturally, like, perfect for him, and it's such a perfect dinner. Like, that... If I could eat every dinner for the rest of my life the same way, it would be that. Like, sushi and then a steak. Yeah, it's a great combo of, like, things that you can eat that are higher level, but also, like, you can buy sushi at Safeway, and it's, you know, still pretty good. Like, <laughs> sushi is one of those things where you just can get it anywhere, you know? And it, and it's like, yeah, no you matter what... Yeah, you put enough soy sauce and wasabi it, on that shit. Exactly. It's pretty good. I did have a bad run-in with uh, grocery store sushi one time, so I... That was, like, years ago. I was a child. I was like, I wonder what sushi tastes like. And do you remember that? And I absolutely hated it. I also didn't know how to eat it because I love seafood, big seafood guy. Um, but I just did not like it at all, and now it's, like, my favorite meal. So I definitely 
I definitely go for like higher end sushi, but it's also one of those things, like you said, where no matter what, sushi's still pretty good, no matter where you get it from. Enough wasabi, enough soy sauce, you're ready to go. Yeah, it's just one of, the, like you said, one of those things where you can, if you have a food that you dip, like I don't know if I particularly love shrimp, but I love cocktail sauce. <laughs> So like, and that's just the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like food, some foods are just vehicles. So I don't know for sure if I actually like the taste of just sushi. Now, some of the rolls that are like baked and have different things in them, I'm, I'm in for, but I don't know if I just love soy sauce so much. You do. Like my mouth is like watering just talking about it. Like I can drink soy sauce by itself. Yeah. And I, in fact, sometimes do when I'm done with sushi and I have like a little bit in the, the little dipping tray, I just kind of take it. Your wife keeps like rock salt not rock salt like bigger chunks of salt at home and you i watch you like eat one after dinner like it was your dessert yeah it's like a little are you a cow is that like your salt lick it's normally my pre-dinner snack dude (laughs) it's so weird bro it's fucking you have a a salt issue i just get that i just like salt it's sorry but yeah that makes sense you'd love sushi because it's very very salty in general i i love sushi myself but uh can you pull up i think patrick reed's Master's dinner was pretty rough, too. It was pretty gutter palate, chicken tender, you know, that kind of deal. Um, and it, I guess it's not surprising. I remember Bubba Watson did, like, like grilled chicken and mashed potatoes and asparagus, just, like, the most basic, like, you just played an 18-hole scramble with your boys and you're hammered and you roll into the, the country club or whatever and they've just got chicken green beans and mashed potatoes and you just get down on that but not not at a master's champions dinner like Like, a buffet style scenario like you're going back for multiple chicken breasts just to to sober up a little bit when you get off the course but i don't know exactly how nicely you can do there's there's limitations on chicken like you you hand the best chef in the world chicken i don't know you know what i mean really you think so because like you chicken, probably put in the air fryer because you're a hillbilly. <laughs> no, because air fryers <laughs> are the fucking future. So deal with it. <laughs> I, I, but, I like to conventionally cook my food. Yeah, I, I like my fucking chicken to take an hour in the oven too. <laughs> Jesus. But no, like I think I actually disagree with you on this. I think chicken is one of the most versatile foods because you it can because you can fry it or grill well you it. can it can be like yeah you can have KFC and then you can have orange chicken and then you can have black pepper chicken like there's so many different <laughs> options for chicken yeah I like guess. a steak it's, it's you're just not gonna vehicle. make like a fried steak well yeah because you're that's an expensive piece of meat like you gotta treat it as such you know yeah that's I mean? what i'm saying though it's not versatile it's not, not not that it's not good it's just not a. if you could pick chicken or steak what would it be steak okay yeah i thought so yeah but we're talking about versatility here we're talking about can play multiple well, yeah positions. you don't have to dress up fucking steak because it's the best thing in the world throw a little salt and pepper on that and you're ready to go yeah so i mean going back to your your comment about patrick reed's champions dinner he did have prime bone-in rib ribeye <laughs> cowboy ribeye i skipped the one word i fucking tried to put it together <laughs> um macaroni and cheese cor- corn cream brulee have you ever broccoli. had corn creme brulee no that shit is off the hook really i had it for the first time at a steakhouse a couple months ago i i had never even seen it before but it's you, you've had creme brulee, I assume. Yeah. Oh, I love pre, pre-dairy allergy. I had a little bit on Saturday night, actually. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Where were you at? Uh, fucking Cholon. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. A little, oh, yeah. A little 
or Sunday night, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, for Kylie's birthday. Yeah. Um. So it's basically that, but it's just corn, like cream, like a creamy corn sauce, and then they like fire the top of it, and then you just crack in there, and it's so fire. So basically, creme brulee. If you're not trying to have dessert, yeah, it's like a creme brulee, but make it a side. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very good. I I actually do remember seeing that. I was like, okay. But it does seem like something Patrick Reed would order. Yeah, I mean, mac and cheese with your steak. I mean, but mac and cheese is also one of those things where, you know, like you feel like people that are really rich, like stay away from <laughs> foods like that. And then you're like, no, nah, they probably like it's just good no matter what. Yeah, it's just universally good. But that's another food I feel like it's a little embarrassing to eat. It's like a little sloppy and it kind of slides around the plate like you're chasing after one your last noodle. Like <laughs> well, there is like mac and cheese is on every single kid's menu at every single place. So yeah, there's no coincidence. That's gotta there. mean something, right? Exactly. Um well let's circle back because we got a little <laughs> off the topic of uh Scotty Scheffler's master's dinner, but let's finish up talking about the match play. Like I said in the intro, right now the last match play on the schedule for who Ever. knows how long, forever. Yeah, it's um, weird. But I think just the if your head's not in the sand as a Jay Monahan or whoever makes these executive his, decisions. But his head is in the sand. That's the problem. Right. I, I think the overall, the only weird part about it for me is like watching Sunday and only having, you know, eight guys on the course and then four in one match. I love that shit. One it's match so really intense. like doesn't matter. Like and so but you I feel like you own the court like it's your course. No, it's cool you, for the guys, but yeah. like as a viewer and people were shitting on. Did you see some of the tweets? Like no. they're like uh there was one that was like a, a meme of like licking your chops or like making money and it was like NBC when they know they only got four shots to cover because like <laughs> yeah they're like filling commercial, all the commercial commercial yeah no that's very true I never thought of it like that but I also like just being able to see like really good matches and arguably on Sunday the morning matches were better than the afternoon matches the morning matches were awesome um I really like I think everybody else thought uh I really thought Rory was going to win, and I really thought Scotty was going to win. But, dude, Burns is, like, having the one, one of the most, like, low-key last two years of any PGA Tour player. I think he's won – has he won six times in the last three years, I want to say? Like, I think this is his sixth win. Jesus, yeah. In I mean, three years. And I, like, never think to bet him. I never – he's not a guy that is consistently, like, in your face. And this may springboard him, like – because he's only 26, 27. He's, he's about Scotty Scheffler's age. They're actually really good buddies, um, which I can see. Uh, but Scotty's just like that goofy. I, I see him being like the goofy friend. Like, yeah. Well, did you see he had like a, a sportsmanship thing? No. During the tournament? All right. Well, you filibuster oh. for a minute and I'll find this. <laughs> You mean like ad lib, just talk? Yeah, just talk. Well, no, I'm good just at that. I, going back to the Sam Burns thing, um, is like he is. Oh, it was when Jason Day he thought Jason thought that he needed to hit a provisional or a second ball, and then Scotty said it crossed the hazard. Is yeah. that what you're referencing? Yeah. So Jason Day was gonna hit another tee shot, and Scotty Scheffler is basically like, "No, dude, you can go up there. Yeah, 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 and play your second shot or your third shot essentially because he was." in a penalty area 
um, and ended up playing, you know, and Scotty Scheffler still won the hole. So it didn't really matter, you know, according to the yeah. match play. But like overall, that's just like a, you know, that is just what Scotty is. And just, I respect that. Like I, if I could help out like a, well, maybe not somebody I'm playing. See, that's where the, it kind of gets hairy is like he's facing this dude to and I don't even know if Jason Day asked Scotty. I think Scotty just like hopped in. He's like, hey, you you crossed up there. So that's that's honestly pretty uh pretty nice of him to do that because there's a lot of players who wouldn't say anything. Um but yeah, that he knew he was gonna be Jason Day. Like Jason Day, he so Jason I wouldn't call I wouldn't say he's back. I wouldn't call him back, but he is in very good form, which is pretty cool to see considering all the stuff that he went through and going through, like, I think he's had six pretty bad years. Like, he hasn't been really relevant since, like, everybody was wearing all white outfits. So it's been at (laughs) least, like... It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been, like, seven, eight years, I want to say, since he's been very relevant. But uh, Jason's one of those weird players that still... Like, that tee shot, for example, the exact one we were talking about where he got a drop... um, you don't see very many tour players just like snipe a three wood. Like that was just a cold that looks like a shot one of us would hit. You know what I mean? It was just very bad for a tour player. You don't normally see guys of that caliber hitting that kind of shot. So that's what kind of concerns me with him like winning another major or, you know, contending multiple times throughout the year is there's just so many guys that don't hit shots that bad and everybody hits bad shots, but you, you got to pick and choose your times, you know? And, and I feel like Jason's just a little bit of a loose cannon. He's worked on his swing a lot, like to the point where I think it has improved and his back problems have improved. And did you see where they thought he had vertigo and it was just allergies? Yeah. (laughs) They, they completely fucked that up. It's like immediately when he went to a state of not, feeling well or whatever it ended yeah, up Yeah, they just like, panicked, like, thought he was going to hit the ground. He's like, no, I just got allergies. Yeah, and then they had to, like, re... They had to go back and, like, correct themselves. That's yeah. got to be so... Not, un- I mean, broadcasters are going to do that all the time, but when normally, like, you can just, like, smooth it over, but in that situation, you had to, like, go back and be like, well, I'm going to correct a prior statement that yeah. I made, and we got some wrong information. It's actually I mean, just allergies. I mean, Begay has been wrong many more times than just that, so <laughs> that dude... I don't know how he still has a job announcing, but that's beside the point. Um, but do you think for broadcast? I I don't know if this sounds fucked up. Do you think NBC was like hit the ground? Like, <laughs> like we need to get this. Yeah. Like this is this is great for ratings. Like, yeah, they're like like Rory and and uh, Cam Cam Young are over there hitting like important golf shots, and you're like, no, no, <laughs> keep it on day. Yeah, he's about to he's go on down. His hands and knees, like. like Looks like Brandon Staley on the field pregame, like dry heaving. Oh I God. I feel like that would have been uh, pretty good numbers for NBC, but I don't know what's what they're looking for. Hopefully, they just focus on the golf shots. Yeah, the whole Jason Day thing. I think it's cool he's back. I never really was a huge fan of his game, um, so I can't really speak to it. But it is kind of cool to see some of those guys that you think are completely gone. Like, I never thought we'd expect Jason Day to contend ever again. So the fact that he's in the position he's in is pretty cool. Um, by the way, dude, I saw a video of his gol- his own practice facility. Have you seen that? No. Oh, my God. It is unbelievable. 
pull it up on your laptop if you can. It's like a six acre, and he lives in Columbus, Ohio, mind you. So he can kind. He's like Jason Day. Him and Dave Chappelle are the kings of Ohio because nobody else lives there that's got a shitload of money. Not nobody, but you know what I mean. So he's got this just set up like full practice facility full greens full indoor like he's got like his own bar like not a bar i would call it a barn but it's very modern oh yeah wow it, it is unbelievable dude like that's incredible that is everybody's dream setup almost similar to like tiger's was at his house but i think his just looks cooler like how many hours a day could you spend out there just practicicing your short game he even has his own superintendent how cool is that shit? That's He's gotta, gotta be the coolest job ever. Yeah, like take care of like a couple of greens. Three looks like three greens, three bunkers. Yeah, he's like, just, hey, boss, we're overseeding this week. <laughs> yeah, gotta like, stay at closed on Monday. <laughs> like close Monday till Jason's noon. Jason's the only one out there. Like, how fucking cool would that be, dude? Like that is. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible setup. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely pay some good money to have a have a place like that. But Bernsey, dude, he's like Scotty Scheffler's kryptonite. They showed. As the match was going to extra holes, when and I forgot about this because I think we had Scott or I was, I think this was the point where I was still cheering for Scotty Scheffler, uh, back when he had first won and then he was starting to win again and was gaining some traction because I like to see dudes win a lot, which there's just more things that are adding up to me liking Scotty Scheffler. I'm not gonna fully admit it yet because that's still a bit that I'm going pretty strong on. Yeah, but Burns beat him with that putt off the green to win a tournament. Oh, in, I, in extra holes. Oh, it was that Burns was, and Scheffler. Was that at Innisbrook? Yeah. Yeah. And that was when Scheffler still hadn't won yet, I think. That was, or no, I'm sorry. That was when he had just won the waste management. Yeah. He was like in that whole stretch of winning almost everything. Yeah. 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 And, and, Burns, and Burns beat him. Okay. And Burns. I forgot Scheffler was in that playoff. What I also just realized as we're talking through this is Burns is my uh, good luck, Spence, bets. Are back because I bet Burns the week before at the Valspar, and then he wins the following week at the match play. Oh shit! Okay, so we so this next week it's I don't even know if the dudes are in the field. I had I had Scheffler and Shoffley. Shot and neither of them are in the field. Oh man! Well, maybe that means Cyril Hatton's the, the biggest name in in this week's field. He's the betting favorite. Really? Okay, yeah. you love to see that. Him and Ricky, Fow you know, and Ricky Fowler's plus eighteen hundred to win a tournament. Oh the, yeah, the field's a little weak. Um, to be fair, though, Ricky has improved his game quite a bit, and it's it's very fun uh, just for golf in general. I would say to have him back. There's so he's just a fan favorite. So many people love him, um, and he's still making great money out there. So it's like, why quit? Uh, but he's just that interesting guy where he had quite a bit of success, never reached like the mountaintop, never won a major. Um, but he's just going to be one of those guys that kind of just rides it out for another decade and, you know, plays decent golf, makes a couple million bucks. And, I mean, it's a great job. You know, like, I'm not knocking it at all, but it just feels like he could be one of those guys that never really gets to the peak of the game again and, and just stays in it partially for the money, partially just something to do. Yeah, well, he's also a fan favorite, so I feel like yeah. he's kind of got that he he's his marketability is huge and so that can kind of keep him around the game where like he doesn't need the money to pay for tournaments and stuff like that but that's a thing that people want to see him in events so i feel like you know luckily for the pga tour it's not most of the time the pip is but it's not a popularity contest like you have to win 
Like, if the Masters could have Ricky Fowler, they would. Oh, you know? for sure. Like, yeah, they, it's better for it's better for golf when he's good. Like, he's very well liked by a lot of people. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see see what he does this week. We'll get to it. I well, keep wanting to get sidetracked. Well, it's cool though because somebody's going to win the uh, the Valero. Yeah. So somebody is going to. Getting end up taking in that my, instant flight right over to Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, I've actually got a kind of a sleeper this week that I think could be a oh, a, a good really? pick. To I don't know about win. He could win for sure. He's won on the DP World Tour, but I've kind of you know there's no real like way to bet golf that's you, you feel like you have a leg up. You know what I mean? Um, but the only thing that I can cling to is guys that have strictly played on the DP world tour and had quite a bit of success, but are not very well known in the American markets. Um, so it's actually one of two brothers, Nikolai and Rasmus Hoygaard. He almost won in Corrales. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he played really well last week. Um, I think he's only plus 5,000. If he wouldn't have almost won last week, I bet he'd be like plus nine, 10,000. But these two dudes have already both won on the, the DP world tour. I think they're like 23 and 24. So they're super young. They've got a ton of game. Um, and I think this could be maybe a week where he emerges. But we'll get into that. Um, so the Rory-Cam Young match, I was shocked. Because Rory... So Rory, I think, on Saturday shot 62-64. Yeah. That's fucking bananas. Well, him and, some, him and another guy best balled like a 58 <laughs> in a match. Yeah. that That is insane. And the weird thing for me, I was actually talking to our buddy... Uh, fish earlier on the phone because he was asking who I liked at the Masters and I still think Rory's going to be a betting favorite and we'll we'll preview all that next week but um, he putted actually pretty bad for how well he played like there was a few putts he hit I'm like what are you doing like it, I guess they were they were birdie putts and match play you play a little, you have a different mindset you play a little more aggressively but there was quite a few putts where he did not even sniff the hole and he like four or five feet by and I'm like, dude, no matter what situation you're in, that's too aggressive. Like, you're too good of a player just to be like, oh, well, it's, I could, I'm not going to leave it short. You know, it's match play. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You're top five player in the world. You don't need to worry about, oh, don't leave it short. It's match play. Like, you know, so his putting still feels iffy to me for what kind of shape his game is in. Um, and that is the only reason I could see him maybe not winning the Masters and just, you know, who who gets hot and I, th well, we'll get into that next week, but I just think all the live guys that nobody knows what their game looks like. They could cam Smith, fucking Dustin Johnson, you name it. Like there's not that many guys that can come out and just win a major from, I live. mean, Bubba's one, two masters. Oh, before. God, I you never see him shoot 95. No, I, I, I agree that with that. Guy. You, t I Louis do too. Tazen, Abram answer competed last year. Um, Patrick Reed's won a master's. Pa oh, God damn. You just never know, dude. That's no, the thing like, that's going to be crazy. I think this could be one of the most electric masters in in this century. Yeah. Since the like 97 Tiger action. I think this could be. Whoa, that's I think this is just going to be awesome. Like and Tiger moves the needle more than everybody else, so it's kind of removing Tiger from that. You know what I mean? But just wide open like it's anybody's game to win and like you said somebody could come out of the woodwork out of nowhere, out from live and, and win this event. So uh, 
it's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. I'm just very excited about the Masters. No, yeah, we are excited. Come down to the DNVR bar Saturday, April 8th, 11 a.m. We're going to be egg salad hanging sandwiches. out. Egg salad sandwiches, potato chips, $5 John Daly's. So I'm going to be racking up a hefty tab of John At Daly's. At least $50. Uh, our, uh, our bar manager, Chandler, he's the man. He's already crafting up. We haven't decided if we're going to do like a lemon vodka with uh, like tea or do a tea vodka with lemonade or just do a regular vodka with a mixture of both. We've got some ideas, but other than, I mean, uh, no matter what, the John Daly's are going to be flowing that day. Oh, for sure. Uh, A few few last things on the match play. First of all, we all both hope it's not done. It was too good of theater, uh, especially towards the end. It was kind of insane to see. After, you know, the battle burns between Burns and having to beat Scotty Scheffler, that the putt that Scotty Scheffler missed to win the match Shocking. was just absolutely absurd. Yeah. Well, and statistically speaking, like, what what did Lou tell us? I'm trying to, like, he, I think he's a top 10 putter, but he's not great from inside of 10 feet, which shocked me. Because it feels like every time I watch him in a 10-footer, he makes it. Yeah. Because that's and, just the groove, when he's in the groove like that. But. Right. Well, and I feel like this kind of relates Scotty and Rory when you were talking about him and his putting. To me, like, when you want somebody to win, you feel like, you always feel like it's the opposite side of what you want. Oh, for that, sure. That yeah. sits in your mind when, more. When you're rooting for it to not go in, it goes in yeah. all the time. But I feel like Rory doesn't make a lot of putts that you like. feel no. like he should make, but then he'll make ones that you do. you don't think about him making. You're like, all right, just two-putt this and get out of here. Yeah. He knocks it in, and you're like, oh, he's back. And then, but then the he weeks- has three or four to make that he could have made to... Clear, you know, beat Cam Young in 15 holes. Yeah, and he doesn't sniff the hole on a few of them. Yeah, no, he he definitely for as good of a player as Rory is, the one glaring like weakness in his game is his putting. Um, and I think Scotty, I don't know if Scotty, you could really say statistically he has a glaring weakness. He's just really fucking good, like tee to green. But when Rory is a, is putting well, he's I think he's better than anyone, better than Scotty, better than. Uh, Rom, God, we haven't mentioned his name in a couple weeks. Uh, no tummy bug this week, at least. <laughs> no bad, no too much tequila for him this week. But uh, I think he's better than anybody when he is putting well because that's just his ball striking. Like like Lou told us last week, he is like the best driver of the golf ball ever seen, which is fucking so it's cool to actually statistically know that because I've watched the guy for years and just been enthralled with the way he hits it off the tee. And to actually know that statistically speaking, it's as good as it looks is pretty impressive. So I, I do fuck with that. Yeah, it, he's just like you said, his best is is the best in golf right now. Yeah, even better than Rom's. Rom's just like solid, but Rom's doesn't seem dominant. Rory can seem just dominant. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, he the way he's played the last couple of weeks, he'll be taking this week off, probably heading down to Augusta, Georgia, getting a few extra rounds in. But the buzz. And the amount of money on him will probably push his odds a little lower than I'd like to bet, or they. I need could to see be. him like plus six hundred, plus seven hundred. That low? Yeah, I think him and Scotty and Rom are all three are going to be under a thousand. Wow. Okay. Which that's... is going to be, it's going to generate. I bet if I, I don't think this is going out on a limb. Oh, and that's hard to say because Tiger, but I would say this might be. The, definitely the most bet on Masters without Tiger is no. Is Tiger playing? Yeah, Tiger's gonna uh, play. Well, I think so. People are gonna throw some money on him. Plus, 50, you have to. 
plus you have to 20,000, 30,000. I'm still kicking myself from 2019 and when he won it and I didn't. Well, yeah, he's probably like plus 10, 15,000 at that point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really excited for the Masters. We do have the Valero Texas Open coming up. We also want to talk a little bit about the golf ball rollback. We got into it with Lou, but we didn't really give our opinions. We more kind of just like easily talked about it. But first, we're talking about rolling back the golf ball. I want to talk about shaving the golf ball. <laughs> rolling back somebody else's balls. Yeah, or your own. Yeah. And that's with Manscaped. Yes. M- Manscaped is the one that you are going to get to roll back your own balls. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I meant, not somebody else's. But if you need help, you need help. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's you sometimes just... Sometimes a two-person job. The, yeah, the can't-reach areas are tough. <laughs> but Manscaped makes it easy, and they've got the best tools for some spring cleaning. It's officially spring now. And Manscaped is the only place to look to tidy up all your nooks and crannies of your body's basement. You can get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. I am really excited. I ordered mine. It hasn't come in quite yet. Uh, I over-trimmed my beard the other day, and I just am not happy with it because I was doing it, you know, pro bono with a not a Manscaped razor and not 20 different um, attachments. attachments and haircutting length with one guard like the Manscaped beard hedger has it's also waterproof and cordless so like i i sometimes get you know you get confused whether or not you can just quick under the sink clean it not the beard hedger beard hedger you can just go right into the sink it's waterproof what a treat um, and you guys can all use the code dnvr bets so dnvr b-e-t-s to get 20 percent off at manscape.com this new beard hedger is incredible we've talked about you know trimming your uh, lower area getting a nice you know, like just like talking about Jason Day having his own uh, superintendent. superintendent. You are your own superintendent, and you can That's do the a fact. You can do the best trimming job ever with Manscaped. So check it out. Check out the Beard Hedger. They've got it's got titanium coated T blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face. So it's just one shave, you're done. You don't need to like you know get in there and freaking go back and forth like you're uh, you know trying to trim some sort of a fucking hedge <laughs> or something like that. It's just one click. Quick, clean, smooth. Get that face looking good for spring. We don't want these heavy beards in the summer. It's not fun. It's itchy. Uh, Manscaped Beard Hedger. DNVR bets. 20% off. Well done. Way to wrap that one up. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about this golf ball rollback. We won't get too deep into all the exact, you know, facts of the matters of the case because it's... It's been talked about, and it's not guaranteed. That's the thing is, like, are we really going to get into, you know, whether or not this is so, like, it's actually going to happen or not? But what do you think in general? We're just going to generalize here. And I do think golf is different because golf is the one sport in the world where, technically speaking, pros and amateurs play this exact same game. Yeah. Like, you you can't – you could go to – if you're a member, (laughs) you could go to Augusta National on Monday – and play from the exact same tees and the exact same with the exact same game driver, same ball, same at, everything as the pros. Like there's a technical term for that, and I for beerification. Look, Google that word. I I think it's b u r ification. <laughs> I think uh, it means technically like your bifurcation, the division of br- bran- of something into two branches or parts. So yes, I think so that's yes, that's what it is. Where there's amateur golf and there's pro golf, like and basically the way I always thought about it up until I heard this analogy, and it seems a little obvious, but like I always thought it was dumb 
like why and in general i don't agree with the rollback like this is what has built this game and gotten it to this popularity like for instance rory saying that nobody wants to see somebody make a bunch of bogeys or whatever nobody wants to see the ball go shorter nobody you know what i mean like the, oh, a good amount of people are out there watching or watching on tv to see these dudes hit at 340 350 so i it, it's like a very backwards Jay Monahan type of move uh, where you're just like, how fucking deep is your head in the sand? Like, wh why can't you understand? And the research they did, just they put so much R&D into it and it's going to cost so much fucking money. And it just doesn't make sense on so many levels. But the one analogy was like baseball players using a wood bat in the pros versus a, an aluminum bat in like college and high school. And that, like, I was like, oh shit, that kind of actually makes sense. Cause as a pro, you know, you're still gonna be able to outdrive almost all amateurs, regardless of what golf ball you're playing. So it just kind of like evens the playing field a little bit. But also the <laughs> double birds from RK, what a treat. Um, I just don't think that it's going to benefit anybody. Really, it's going to benefit like we talked about with Lou. It's only going to benefit the longest hitters in the game. It's going to make it's going to separate the talent gap even further, which is not what anybody wants on the PGA Tour, right? Like, I I don't think so. Yeah, and I think it's taking away um, a lot of players' hard work in general on the fact that they they've done everything they could in their lives leading up to this point to be able to hit the ball as good as they can yeah and to be able to make perfect contact and be able to carry it as far as they can and consistently you know drive it 300 plus yards or 320 yards and yeah distance is going up but i don't think i think it's just such a huge step back yeah for the and i i also think the like the bifurcation bifurcation whatever you called it great word bifurcation still yeah. don't completely get it but like having a ball where you first of all companies are going to have to make a different ball and then it's like do they decide to invest in a ball that's like okay here's your amateur level you can use this golf ball and here's a pro level and then does it does it trickle down into tournaments of you know club championships etc things like that that i don't think it does because it's still amateur golf and it's a locally adopted rule so technically i guess you could adopt it for a uh, you know, for a certain country club or a certain club championship, whatever. But it's just, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. I don't really see the point in it. Unless, like, it would make Cherry Hills a, a viable course for a major again, which I still don't think it does. Like, unless these dudes are hitting it 270, 280, which they're still going to hit it over 300 yards. You know, they're, they're maybe going to lose 20 yards in distance. Um, it's still going to make some of these smaller old school courses not viable options. And especially anymore, too, like distance is one thing, but the one commonality between the distance of a golf course and like it being old school is they don't build on, they didn't have huge pieces of property. Like I've played plenty of old school country clubs where no matter how long you make it, you're never going to be able to fit the amount of people that is going to require like what. A major you know that's going to get that many people out there for a major so at the end of the day even if these courses do come back into play are they still going to be able to host events it just doesn't 
compute for me, but that's not surprising because uh, I hate to talk shit about other sports, but like the NHL's, uh, what do you call it? The, God, the CEO or the oh the, the president the no the the oh, oh my commissioner. the commissioner God there we go I was having a fucking brain fart over here the commissioner of the NHL has done moves like this uh, Roger Goodell is one of the most widely hated like s- s- figures in all of sports um, so I I don't think it's not uh, I I don't think it's surprising for anybody that uh, he would do something like this that is so widely like just not invited by the fans, I guess I should say. Well, it's we talked about him having his head in the sand, and now I'm almost like I still love Rory, but I'm almost getting to the point where he's like too much of a mouthpiece, and he's because he's came out and said, like, I support the rollback, et cetera. I think it's just so weird to take a step back in a sport that's finally growing and, and maybe at its peak performance popularity, popularity yeah. and and to take it and be like all right no we're gonna make it way harder that's like them making the baseball you know two in, uh, a quarter of an inch smaller so it's harder to hit or you know there's so many different analogies but nothing relates specifically to golf and that's why it's such a unique sport and such a unique rule to roll back the golf ball for only professional players yeah when the last 20 years Every single year, all that's talked about is how this equipment and this ball go further, spin less or spin more around the greens than any ball. So it just takes away basically 20 years of history. And it maybe creates a new, you know, if they actually roll it back, it's like a new reset on the entire game, which good or bad, good, bad or indifferent, it's still just, it's like, it's progress that you're just taking away. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I actually saw a conversation on Twitter that um, was pretty interesting, and I I don't actually disagree with it, but it was between Vince India and who he had on a month ago or so, uh, Corn Ferry Tour player, awesome dude, and another Corn Ferry Tour player, and they were like, one dude was like, why don't we take, why don't we remove, like, the you can only have driver three wood and then irons. Like, no hybrids in the professional game. Um, no five, seven woods. Because that really, like, is going to test your ball striking from 240, you know, 240 to 280 yards, where these guys with the clubs that are, are now can hit these five woods fucking 200 feet in the air, make them stop like a wedge, and it makes so many more pins gettable for them and it makes the gives them the ability to hit par fives and two and not have to really work the ball just fly it all the way there so there's so many different ideas but i think this is like the supposed low-hanging fruit for golf is to just dial back how far the golf ball goes in general which uh i don't agree with like i've said 18 times already but uh it's uh I think it go it, it would go into effect 2026. So we still have a couple more years and the PGA Tour may not even adopt it, which would be very weird too like if it was just the majors or if it was just these tournaments and in that case I can't see any manufacturer a bunch of manufacturers rolling out a, an entirely different ball just for one single tournament, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's just creating inconsistency and 
this already creates inconsistency between the amateur and the pro level, but then creates even more inconsistency between pro to pro tournaments. And then, like, I, you know, if a player went and played, the, let's say, the Valero Texas Open, they didn't have it, and then they go play the Masters and they have it, how much worse of a product are you going to get from a player that thinks he can hit a 7-iron 207 carry? And the pros are that, you know, like, that seems crazy to hear from Well, us, no, and, and that's what Rory said. One of his, he was like, I might play the ball, if we're going to have to play it in certain events, I might just play it all the time just to get used to it, which I still think he wouldn't do because you're not just going <coughs> to, excuse me, willingly give up 20, 30 yards for if you don't have to, unless Rory just thinks he's that good that he's like, I'll beat everybody hitting it 20 yards shorter. Yeah, well, so here's an interesting question. Do you think that like you know how we so we did a tiktok uh a couple like months ago about playing blades yeah it's just harder to hit straight up yeah so do you think there's and there's some hardos out there that are like oh if you don't play blades you're never going to get better yeah you learn how to hit the sweet spot or you just never hit the fucking sweet spot yeah like, or you're just never good you just and you play pissed. bad golf yeah yeah and that sounds like fun so are people if this pro ball comes out are there going to be people that are like oh i only play the pro ball it's it's <laughs> what they do like do you think that's a thing Probably, yeah, I never thought of that, but that would actually be hilarious to see just your run-of-the-mill 10 handicap, like, oh, yeah, I got to play this ball, you know, this is what those guys play, and people are weird like that, so there would be um, a def definitely a group of people that would do that, but if you listen to our interview with Lou, you clearly can decipher that it's such a disadvantage to hit the ball shorter, <laughs> like, exponentially... The shorter you get, the worse it gets. Because, like he said, you're hitting a 9-iron versus a 7-iron or vice versa. And then, you know, your dispersion goes up from, from a 9-iron to a 7-iron. But then 7 to 5-iron, it goes up even further. 5-iron to 3-wood, it's massive. So the shorter you get in general, the worse off you are, which doesn't bode well for my game. Um, the most average-ass ball striker, not ball striker, average distance-wise, Um if I go in that direction, I'm going to get a lot worse. So you could probably handle it. Uh, you actually might just, you you might actually get better because you don't have these little flip wedges all the time that you're chili dipping, fucking leaving short, you know. That's I, fair. I think if you're just hitting full stock wedges or short irons, you actually might be, I honestly think you would perform better. I fully support the golf ball rollback. Do it for <laughs> fucking everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, but then I'm just totally, like, going against everything that Lou said last week. It's just, it's just like a thing in my mind where I feel like you strike your... Anything, when you take a full swing at anything, it ends up, I feel like, better than when you're trying to take yardage off you know what i mean take dial it back a little bit yeah do you, i know do you agree i'm all gas no brakes i don't <laughs> dial it back yeah exactly so anything you get to make a full move at i think you'll be better off at i love that you know what we're gonna make a full move out right now is, is betting on the valero texas <laughs> open and we do that with the one the only DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of dnvr and all city Use the code DNVR at sign up and you're getting $200 in bonus bets back after betting just $5. It's a, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and I've been hitting some sweet little same game NBA parlays tonight. There's a 25% profit boost. Um, unfortunately, Joel Embiid did not play last night, but Tyrese Maxey killed it for me. Uh, I usually always add one 
other player from the the team the Nuggets are playing in my same game parlay just to have a little skin in the other side of the game. You know, the Nuggets are going to have great nights and numbers-wise, but watching Tyrese Maxey score helped my parlay. And you guys can get into the game, too, with the DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to give you picks for the Valero Texas Open. Uh, kind of a... Uh, flyover event what do they call those in other sports uh crossover no like when they um when there's a game that's important the oh, next week oh, uh, oh yeah you know like they're looking at a trap game a trap this oh, is yeah. a trap tournament <laughs> the, the, yeah. the valero texas open is a trap event but somebody's gonna win this event and i can almost guarantee you it's somebody that's not playing in the masters next week uh, and so somebody's going to win this tournament and earn themselves a trip to Augusta. So let's log on to the DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're not on DraftKings, use that promo code DNVR. You're getting $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet $5. So log into there. Let's look at the odds for the Valero Texas Open. Uh, and, and DraftKings is also doing something great with golf each week where they're adding on a boosted bet to a winner. So one of our winners here, we can go and add plus 250. That's what I did with Scotty Scheffler last weekend. He Loser. did not win for me. He Loser. lost. He lost to his buddy Burnsy. He, I thought he was going to be in the championship match for sure. He wasn't. All right, Mitchell, let's get your three picks for this week. So we'll give you guys, uh, this will go on our Instagram as well. If you're not following us, do that. At Big Drive Energy Pod. Uh, we tweet out stupid golf videos and picks for golf tournaments so if you're into golf it's uh it's the insta for you it's a good follow it's we're a good follow we're yeah. not as we're no zyre yet but we're on the way there uh, yeah they, they, that mitchell's just not a big go. golf meme guy there uh, there's actually a meme that i sent you today that i hadn't seen before so i i can appreciate a good original meme they just get so cycled through it's just over and over it's the same shit okay my picks for the valero texas open which for the longest time i was calling the shell houston open um they're basically it's two gas stations, same place in Texas, like same fucking event, different event, same event, whatever. So Ricky Fowler, I have never, I don't think I've ever bet on him for good reason. Um, like I said, the field's a little weak. He is second odds on favorite uh, behind Tyrrell Hatton. Like I said, he's plus eighteen hundred to win, plus four hundred to top five, and plus two ten to top ten. Um, the odds have probably changed, gotten better since I looked at this two hours ago because Spencer always does that to me. Plus um, 1,800 to win? No, that's correct. Okay. So Ricky plus 1,800 to win. I think he's got a little extra motivation. Let's to get boosty him. Boosty to 2,100. Yeah, we're going to... 2,050. We're going to boost him to 2,050. Okay. Okay. I like I'm that. in on that. Um, all right. And he is plus 210 to top 10. Yep. Okay. And then I've got JJ Spawn. I think he's he's been playing some very good golf lately, and he's the defending champion here. Um, Got to throw that guy yeah, in there, 100%. I, yeah, like, what says he doesn't go back-to-back? -back? You know what I mean? This is Sam Burns-Innisbrook all over again. Just ride him ride him until he bucks you. So we're going J.J. Spawn, plus 3,000 to win, 650 top five, plus 320 top ten. And then... I dropped the the little hint earlier. I'm going Nikola, Nikolai Hoygaard. God, I just about butchered the shit out of that. Nikolai Hoygaard. Um, I think he's from Sweden. 
Yeah. Oh wow. So that was just a good guess. Oh yeah. Um, his last name didn't didn't lead to that. Well, at all. no, I knew, but I didn't know if it was exactly Sweden or you know countries around there. I'm not super versed. This isn't a ge- geography podcast. Remember? We've established that. Many, yeah. Many times. Okay, so Nikolai um, is plus five thousand to win. Plus a thousand to top five, plus five hundred top ten. So you can tell DraftKings doesn't take him that seriously. They're just like five thousand, one thousand, five hundred. They just kind of cluster him together with all the guys they don't think have a chance. So I think this is gonna be the week they fucked up. <laughs> the week that they missed to the mark. Yeah. All right. My picks are going to be Mr. Corey Connors. He won uh he's won in Texas before. Yeah, and he played. He's normally. I think plays, that was the the Valero, maybe which it was. is what they're playing. Yeah, maybe he maybe he did win this a couple I, years. ago. I feel ago. like he has won this before. I just like me a little Corey Connors. Uh, Great ball Davis striker. Riley. Davis Riley has been playing some good golf. Well, give us the odds on Corey Connors. Oh, Corey Connors is plus twenty two hundred to win and plus two sixty to top ten. Okay. Davis Riley plus twenty five hundred to win and plus two eighty to top ten. He's been playing good golf lately. And too. like, I want to bet on Tyrrell Hatton. So if I'm, I'm not going to. But he's just like the guy I want to root. for. For, so it's going to be tough not to bet on him. Um, but I'm going to scroll down the list here a little deeper. Um, let's go Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye is, like, constantly at the top of leaderboards. Like, I'm going to put an, a unit on him to win the tournament at plus 5,500. But, like, him to top 10 at plus 500, I'll take that all day, all night, and twice on Sunday. Wow. So Aaron Rye plus 5,500 to, to win and plus 500 to top 10. Okay, I like it. Love it. Well, that's it for us for this week. Enjoy the Valero Texas Open. Prepare your minds for the Masters, which will be next week. We're going to have loads of content coming out for you next week. We're hopefully going to have someone on, uh, an odds maker, potentially. Uh, We're not going to say who or where yet, but we're going to have an odds maker on, ideally, and talk about the Masters. Masters watch party down here at the DNVR bar. Make sure you guys come down, hang out, eat some egg salad sandwiches, and drink a irresponsible but responsible amount of John Daly's with us. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.